Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. there. Welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 49, and I got Chalk Dinosaur on the show today. He's a cool guy. We're going to talk to him in just a bit, but this is exciting stuff. Episode 49 next week is the 50th episode special. It is not planned at all. I haven't even started working on it. I don't even know if it's going to be finished in time, but that is neither here nor there. Beyond Synth is on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Power85, power85.com. And uh, there's also a Saturday replay at 1 p.m. Eastern on Power85, power85.com. Follow Power85 on Twitter at at Power85Radio. You know, Power85 has some great shows on it. Shows like Project Friday, which happens every Friday night, hosted by Steve Gilson. And you can follow Project Friday at Project Friday FM. Check it out if you like music. I always like to make the distinction because, as you know, Beyond Synth is an interview program where we play music and talk. So if you don't like the idea of people talking and you just want to hear some cool music, you know where to go. And speaking of cool music, let's listen to some right now. This is a track by Cuff Links. This is Cuff Links with the track Prowl featuring Parker Joe.
Hey, that's a pretty fun song, right? I dig it. That's Cuff Links. Check them out. Remember, all links to the music you hear on today's show will be on the SoundCloud page. So when the show gets posted to SoundCloud, check out the more information box and you'll see links to all the artists features on today's show and uh, also some other bits of information that might be useful to you. Information such as the Beyond Synth theme song is by Ogre. I get asked that once an episode. Who does the theme song? Ogre does the theme song. There's now going to be a link in every episode description. So if you click on more info, you will get the link there. And also that uh, Hoo-Ha does all the jingles. And speaking of jingles, I know I've been talking about this for about uh, 49 episodes. The Mail Sack, if you have any questions or comments, send them to the Mail Sack. You can contact me. I'm at Andy Last on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow the Facebook page, facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast, or check out the SoundCloud page, which is where the episodes get posted, soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth. You can send me messages to any of those places. Just title the message Mail Sack, and we'll read those on the show. Now, a lot of people have been skeptical because I never read anything. And uh, I've been waiting to uh, to debut this. I was going to do it on the 50th, but I think I'll do it now. Uh, Hoo-Ha has kindly provided me with a theme song for the Mail Sack. So let's, let's hear that now. So everybody, the Mail Sack is real. And it's not just a shitty pun. It's a real thing where I read mail. So here it is. Here is the Mail Sack. And that was the mail sack theme. So dig it. Uh, Listen, this one isn't quite an official mail sack, but it was a letter sent to me again by Nathan Winter. He, uh, I read his question last week, but this was a thing he sent actually to several of us. Uh, That'd be a Rick shithouse a.k.a. Thorpe and Marco Merrick from Synthetic Sundays. But uh, it was a it was a nice little letter, so I just wanted to share it. So uh, uh, Nathan says, Just wanted to share this experience I had last night at a synthwave night at a club called Milk Bar in Denver, Colorado, on Saturday night. It was a small room off to the side, but the place was packed. There had to have been 50 to 100 people in there, dancing and rocking out at one point during the night. Two DJs, two projectors, projecting snippets of 80s movies, 90s video games, and other synthwave-related imagery, and video on two large walls. I heard tracks from Carpenter Brute, Protector 101, Mitch Murder, Dance with the Dead, Trevor Something, Lucasette, Kavinsky, etc. A lot of it I had never even heard before. So yeah, the synthwave scene is alive and kicking here in Denver. If anyone is interested in actually performing live here, I could put you in touch with the DJs and the bartender. They're all huge fans of the genre. Anyways, that was from Nathan. Read with gusto by me. So that's cool. I like to hear that stuff, you know. The synthwave scene is a sort of niche scene, but it's nice to hear that these little pockets of people are finding each other in the cities and and having some fun. So that's cool, man. And, uh, yeah, so let's fucking close the goddamn mailbag. I meant mail sack, sorry. I forgot my own terrible bit. Listen, let's check out a track. This is by Timbrawl, and it's a track called Speed of Time.
That was Speed of Time by Timbral. I think that's how it's said. Go check it out, man. That's a cool song. Listen, if you want your tracks uh, played on the show, you can reach out to me the same way that you can send me mail sack questions. And that's just contact me on the Facebook, the Twitter, or the SoundCloud and uh, send me links to your stuff and I'll play it on the show if I like it. Although, if you want to make things a little easier for me and less awkward, try and be in the genre of what this show covers. I know in some senses it can be broad sometimes, but uh, sometimes people send me stuff that's not 
quite right. And uh, I don't know what to say because sometimes it's good music. You know, like someone will send me stuff. I'm like, oh, this is good music. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not what I do. You know what I mean? So that is, I uh, see, I'm always trying to be as polite as possible, you know? So it's uh, tricky stuff. Tricky stuff. You know what I mean? I'm also thinking of starting a new segment, which I might be doing sometime after the 50th. I recently got back into playing the old arcade games again. You know, I was talking to Protector 101 the other week. We were talking about old shitty arcade games. And that reminded me because, um, I hadn't busted out the the MAME, the Multiple Arcade Machine Emulator, in years. I think it had been something like since 2002 or 2003. I remember I went through a phase where I discovered MAME and was like, holy fuck, and I was going through playing all these games, and I was so excited because I was always a big fan of like arcade beat-em-ups and brawlers and things like that. I never really had a lot of money. So as you know, I think I answered that question from Nathan last week about... uh, my favorite arcade games besides Mortal Kombat 2 and the truth is I just never had the cash and whenever I'd go to the arcade if I had quarters it would go straight to Mortal Kombat 2 but uh, there was all sorts of games I liked so I'm getting back in there I'm thinking of getting some arcade controllers some arcade sticks and really going to explore uh, everything there is to offer as you know the main catalog is huge thankfully I own all of the arcade units in my basement so it's all completely legit to also have the ROMs. But the point is, I want to start going through that and have sort of a reason to play through all these old games, so I think I'm going to start a review segment of old arcade games that you should check out, or not check out, as the case may be, because over the weekend I was playing a whole bunch of brawlers, and uh, some of them were fucking terrible. Like, absolutely awful, awful games. There was this game called Riot City, which was fucking terrible. Like, it was so bad. It was really hard to even get through the damn thing, but uh, we did. I was was playing with somebody else. So I think I want to get some arcade controllers and really sort of uh, try and... I want to get as close to the real thing as possible without necessarily building an arcade cabinet. Although that looks fun, too. I've been watching lots of videos about that, and it seems like an interesting sort of uh, little hobby. Speaking of Dallas Campbell, we're going to... Listen to a track here that I dig off his album. So Dallas just released an album like a month ago. It's called City One, and it's sort of a uh, a soundtrack album to a movie, you know, that doesn't exist. And it really, it's very atmospheric. It's full of a lot of kind of short tracks because it really does feel like a soundtrack. And this is a song that's called Bad Trip. So I'm going to paint a picture for you now for this song because it's a soundtrack album. Now, the song is called Bad Trip. But I think what it conjured up in my mind, the visuals that it made me think of, was not that. It was a slow, you know, picture like a 70s movie, and it's one of those slow kind of car chase things where, you know, there's like a car and he's following another car, and it's sort of tense and the tension's building. But it's not really, they're not driving very fast, but it's nighttime, and uh, the camera angle is filmed from, uh, from like the dashboard of the car that's following the other car. And then picture this music playing as it follows the car, kind of weaving into uh, dark alleys and stuff of this city. I told Dallas that, and he said that the original title for this was Follow That Car, but eventually he called another track on the album Follow That Car. But I think this track should have been called Follow That Car. But not to confuse you, it's called Bad Trip. Here is Dallas Campbell and Bad Trip. Thank you. 
was the track Bad Trip by Dallas Campbell off the album City One. It's a cool album. It's a soundtrack, and you should check it out, man. As I said, I got Chalk Dinosaur coming up in just a bit. He's a he's a cool guy. He actually does sort of a, a mix of different genres of music, and um, I gravitated a lot more to his uh, electronic stuff like so there was a few little EPs he put out that were very sort of synth heavy and that's what we talked about that's how I found him and that's what we talk about on the show but if you check out his page uh, you'll see lots of lots of content on there that uh, you might dig it's uh, it's really good stuff and he'll be up in just a bit and I thought maybe it's time to delve into the uh, the old junk email folder I know a lot of you out there, you get junk email and you just throw it in the trash and you don't even read it, you don't appreciate the creativity that goes into some of these scam emails. Well, I do. And it's time to go into the junk email folder. Here we go. This is from the Counterterrorism Division and Cybercrime Division, Foreign Payment Department, British General Board and Compensation Reserve Team, granted approval from International Monetary Fund. So who the fuck is this letter from? <laughs> what does that mean? Who sent me this letter? Counterterrorism Division and Cybercrime Division, Foreign Payment Department. Why would there be a foreign payment department in a counterterrorism unit? British General Board and Compensation Reserve Team granted approval from International Monetary Fund. What? Anyway. Attention, dear beneficiary. This is in regards of your overdue funds, which has been pending on delivery due to the involvement of bad officials, both governmental and non-governmental. Records show that you are among one of the individuals and organizations who are yet to receive their overdue payment from overseas, which includes those of lottery slash gambling, contract, and inheritance. I also like the... <laughs> due to the involvement of bad officials. Through our fraud monetary unit, again, so... <laughs> the <laughs> so the counterterrorism divisions, foreign payment departments... British General Board and Compensation Reserve Team has a fraud monetary unit. Well, we have noticed that you have been transacting with some imposters and fraudsters who have been impersonating the likes of Mrs. Gil Marcus of the Reserve Bank of South Africa, Mr. Patrick Aziza, Bode Williams, Frank Anderson, Stephen Allen, Emmanuel Normnom, none officials of Oceanic Bank, Zenith Banks, Kelvin Young of HSBC, Ben of FedEx, Lamido Sansusi of CBN, Abraham Sewell, Dr. Usman Shamsuddin, Barrister Tony Harry Thompson, Barrister Larry Gold, and some imposters claiming to be the Federal Bureau of Investigation, who exist in different parts of the world. Examples being Malaysia, Benin Republic, Ghana, Togo, United States, Nigeria, India, China, and many others. <laughs> and that, my friends, is a list. So th this is why I love this one. This is great. So this is an email that says you understand scam emails. You get it. You get that there's these people that send these emails saying they're like Nigerian princes and stuff like that. And you get it. You understand scam emails. And then this, this email is trying to 
trick people who understand scam emails. It's brilliant. So, so far, this is pretty good. It's like, you guys are receiving scam emails all the time. You're getting you're getting scammed. We are totally above all these scams, these people, you know, saying you, you've got, like, millions of dollars in a bank account, and you have to pay us, like, 400 bucks to get it back. Like, we are above all that. We have negotiated with the Federal Ministry of Finance that your payment, totaling 7.5 million U.S. dollars, will be released to you. Now, how would you like to receive your payment? Because we have three methods of payment, which is by check, by ATM card, or via direct bank-to-bank transfer. The only requirement from you is $355 for the administrative endorsement and governmental clearance order. Everything else has been taken care of by the federal government, including taxes, custom paper, and clearance duty. Do contact Barrister Gray Powell via his contact details above and furnish him with your information as listed below. Full name, delivery address for ATM card, country, sex, date of birth, occupation, telephone number, email address. Again, I love that they need my email address when they sent me the email. On contacting him, your details and your file would be updated with the necessary information. Telling you to pay for any delivery or courier charges is nothing but lies. I repeat, the only money you will have to pay is $355 for the administrative endorsement governmental clearance order as imposed by the compensation authorities and the government. Note. Disregard any email you get from any imposters or offices claiming to be in possession of your compensation funds and forward any emails you get from the imposters to this office so we can act upon it immediately. <laughs> this is a brilliant last line. Help stop cyber crime. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That one's amazing. I love that one. It's so intricate. Anyway. Let's listen to a song. Let's listen to a track. This is Axial, and this is a track called Light Mode.
and that was Axial with Light Mode. And that's a cool track. Axial uh, sent me a uh, sent me the tracks, and then also uh, mentioned that he is like got this business where they design like Tron kind of motorbike helmets, where they do like the the LED lights and stuff, and make them look cool. And that was pretty neat. And I told him I'd get back to him because, as you know, I'm working on a uh, science fiction series with robots that might require some fancy lights glued to them and stuff like that. So listen, how about we go to my conversation with Chalk Dinosaur? We're going to have a good old time, and uh, when I'm done talking to him, I'll come back again and talk to you. All right, well, I am here with a Chalk Dinosaur, a.k.a. John O'Halloran. How's it going? Good, how are you? I am all right. So how are you doing today? Pretty good. Just working on some new tunes. So what's the, what's the weather like in Pittsburgh? Uncharacteristically warm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 getting warmer. It's going to be in the fifties or sixties. I love whenever I get uh, American weather reports because then I have to do math in my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's warm, right? <laughs> yeah, almost warm enough to uh, to wear shorts. So uh, talk to me a bit about yourself, then, man. I I'm I don't even know why I stumbled upon your music. But I must have been going around in band camp or something because this show focuses a lot on, you know, a specific kind of electronic music, a genre that's defined by 80s nostalgia and, and uh, video games and things like that. And you have sort of an eclectic mix of music. So, uh, you know, with your catalog, there's, you know, like kind of like indie rock things. And I even heard like little twinges of like surf rock and stuff and guitars and all this. And I, I can't remember why, but then I, when I discovered your uh, one of your EPs, which was like uh, pretty synth heavy, and that was the uh, Dawn EP, and uh, I just fucking loved it. I thought it was great. And I know that probably a lot of the people listening to the show, who listen to my show, maybe aren't aware of your music, but it's, uh, it's really good, and the, and the production is really solid, too. It's very clean, just-sounding tunes. So I'm going to focus on the more synthy aspects of your stuff, but if anybody's interested and checks out your Bandcamp or whatever, they'll have a nice treat because it's, it's very sort of... Uh, you know, there's a lot of different styles going on there, and it all sounds really well produced. Thanks. Yeah, man. <laughs> Must have been through Bandcamp. I, I'm guessing it was probably Bandcamp. Yeah, but I'm wondering why. Like, I, I can't. I, I I never know. Like, I don't really pay too much attention. Like, it must have come up, but I'm wondering why. Like, did you ever have the word synth as one of your keywords? Yeah, I might have tagged it as uh, that EP specifically. I might have tagged it with synth wave or chill wave or something yeah that makes sense so tell me then about that because obviously you've got these sort of different styles going on in your music so what's going on in your head when you sit down to sort of create an album or an ep i think after the third album that i made i kind of started to just not feel tied to any kind of genre and just wanted to make whatever uh i felt inclined to make so i guess for the dawn ep which was the first real like synth oriented album that came after I got a, a synthesizer which is actually from the 80s which kind of like inspired the whole album it's a uh, Roland Juno 60 mm-hmm. and it just sounds like well you you know what it sounds like on on dawn that that kind of made made that album pretty much that that's what inspired that 
So what was it that made you get, I mean, because compared to, you know, like the, the previous stuff that you had done, like what was it that made you pick that keyboard up? Well, I had started getting into synthesizers and electronic music um, and it's it starts to creep into my albums and songs pre-dawn. And then, um, I don't know, I kind of just like exploring, looking at different synthesizers and stuff like that. Just a lot of research and YouTube videos and stuff made me just want to get that one. And then uh, I found one on eBay. It's a really cool EP. Like, I, got, I mean, there's, there's sort of two main EPs that we're going to be talking about. And it's going to be easy because I liked all the tracks on all of them. Like, I, I love the production and um, I want to listen to... The, the title track now from Dawn called Dawn because this track is wicked and it's very like cinematic uh, like it's big and uh, and this is a cool song so here is here's Dawn by Chalk Dinosaur
And that was Dawn by Chalk Dinosaur. And I am uh, back with Chalk Dinosaur right now, John O'Halloran. So uh, talk to me specifically about this track, Dawn. Did you, you know, compose this EP in order? Or, like, how, how did that come about? No, this track was the last track that I made for the album. And it was kind of just messing around, just experimenting with the Juno and the synthesizer. Started with that intro, not sure where it was going to go. And then um, the arpeggiator on the Juno is really cool, that really fast thing that comes in, like, at the breakdown part before the drums come in. I had uh, really been listening to a lot of uh, the Drive soundtrack, which is probably kind of obvious. But yeah, it started started with that kind of build-up atmospheric stuff, which I like a lot, like... uh, cinematic sounding stuff like with with that one specifically like i think what i like about your sound too is that i still hear some of your like the other kind of music roots sort of come in so even though you're doing like the synth thing the percussion that comes in it doesn't use sort of like you know in the, in the synth wave genre anyways where they use traditionally just all like the actual like the drum loops and patches from the actual you know keyboards themselves and stuff so the the drumming definitely had like a different feel to it like if it I, I don't know if the live drums are samples but it definitely has that sort of live drum kind of feel that's cool it was they were vinyl drum samples so they sound kind of organic mm-hmm and that, I had just started messing around with that, too, so I was kind of exploring these new samples that I got. I just love the way that it sounds, and it kind of, I don't know, kind of get inspired and taken by, like, the sound of it and playing these big chords. Kind of made made itself, I guess, with the just ride the wave of uh, inspiration from hearing the sound. So what then are you doing in, like, your free time, then? So, like, is, is music your life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not much not much free time. Yeah, normal stuff, I guess. Just sometimes uh watch TV, make make stuff. Mm. Yeah, I really have a hard time thinking about what else I do. Make fires in the backyard. I'm in a I'm in a small town now. I feel like it's like times have changed to the point where, you know, there've been so many like I don't know if it's the same over there, but, you know, we have uh, people very conscious about forest fires and stuff. And it just feels like as a kid, it was it was so much more open to have like a fire in the backyard. And then now I always feel guilty if we want to attempt one of those things because it's like, are we going to get busted? You know, like, is, is it going to be a bad thing? I guess it depends. There's definitely some states in the United States, like in California, you can't really do that just because it's so dry. Yo, California's nuts. I feel like if you had a fucking cigarette in your hand, like... Yeah, you could start <laughs> you, a You let it go, and then a forest blows up. Pennsylvania's pretty... They're pretty lax about it, especially if you you have, like, a some kind of enclosure, or, like, a fire ring or something, or, like, a something like that. So are you then, like, a city dude, or are you, like, a out-in-the-woods kind of guy? Uh, well, I don't live out in the woods, but I would say more that than city... I grew up in the suburbs, so it was uh, pretty spacious, yeah, woodsy, yeah. but, um, you know, still... I guess woodsy, that's probably the term, yeah, because I, I, I mean, I grew up in a small town, so it was that sort of... There was always a forest around someplace, not necessarily, like, living on a farm, but uh, definitely, like, the outdoors yeah. played a big part in sort of the the atmosphere and, you know, like, just the, the smell of the air and stuff and li- living near hippies and things. Definitely that um, over city. That's also the best place you want to ever, if you're ever tripping out, it's nice to have a forest to, <laughs> yeah. to fucking go to. 
<laughs> feel like you're one with nature. I'm an old man now, so I don't do that stuff anymore. But I know that uh, when I did, the only thing that gave me comfort was if there was like trees and nature around. Yeah, being outside definitely helps. I don't know if I could have coped if I was like having a bad shroom trip and I'm like in Chinatown or something. I don't know if that would have worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just even in a basement or something sometimes yeah. can yeah. <laughs> feel a little stuffy. So what what got you started making uh, making music? Like what what uh, what spurred the interest? I've been playing music since I was young, but I started getting into recording. Like started getting into it in high school, like playing around with you know computer programs like Fruity Loops and stuff. And then after I graduated high school, I got a recording interface so I could start recording ideas and guitar and stuff and that's when I really got hooked on it. So freshman year of college is when I really started doing that all the time. What equipment are you using now to like uh, to make your stuff because like they're mixed very well. Thank you. The production's solid, especially you know we're going to start playing some of your tracks now that uh, you know with vocals and stuff in them and uh, and they're all very sort of clean sounding uh, things, you know, it sounds really good. So what's going on there? It's changed a bit, but um, right now I'm using, uh, I have this uh, Universal Audio Apollo interface, and then um, I have this microphone preamp, this PreSonus tube microphone preamp. And then uh, other than that, I've got a, uh, I'm talking into a Rode NT1A microphone now, and that's what I've done all my vocals on, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then I just have the the Juno, I got a, a Moog little fatty synthesizer and um just like my guitar stuff and bass and then it's all you yeah what's a digital audio workstation do you use uh logic okay yeah, yeah. big fan of logic big yeah. fan <laughs> <laughs> i'm using logic right now to record this i think i'm not quite taking full advantage of the program don't update your operating system oh well, i'm using what the fuck am i using right now i am using about this mac Yosemite. Is it too late for me? No. No, I upgraded to El, El Capitan and it was uh, it was horrible. Oh no. I had to go back and it was difficult. Oh, that's a pain in the ass. I'm using Logic 9 though, you know, that could be... Right, right, right. Maybe, is that the scam? Because I mean, like, Logic is one of their, like, main, like, kind of Apple programs, right? Like, you'd think they would at least test to make sure that it works with their in-house software, you know? Yeah, I think it, because it, now they have the new Logic out, they've stopped supporting the old the old one yeah 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 well let's um here let's listen to another track uh this is another track from don this one's cool this is uh now this is we're getting into sort of the vocal track so this was one called moonlight so uh let's listen to the track moonlight by chalk dinosaur
that was Moonlight by Chalk Dinosaur, and I am joined again by Chalk Dinosaur. So t- uh, talk to me a bit about that song. What's it about, man? I guess the vocals are about... I mean, I think at the time I was staying up, I was kind of on the nighttime hours of being up uh, all night and doing a lot of thinking at that time when no one else is awake. And that's kind of when I just get the most intimate thoughts to myself yeah. <laughs> at that time. I, I think because uh, a lot of times at night, late at night, is, is sometimes when I get uh, inspiration for songs and lyrics and stuff. And then um, it just feels different or it felt different for me than, you know, daylight hours. How well do you work at night? I, I find when I was younger, like I, I thought that I was like a night owl. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to discover later on in life is that uh, I'm actually not very productive at nighttime. Like I can think. But I don't really do, like, work. I've definitely had the, a similar uh, change like that. I've started waking up earlier and working then. I agree with, with you. I, at night, uh, sometimes I'll, I'm just, like, easily distracted and uh, kind of things kind of go to go to hell <laughs> a lot faster. <laughs> no, that's the thing I, I always have, and it, and it bugged me because I used to think nighttime was my time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and then and then when I started really thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, like pretty much after 10 p.m., like mm-hmm. I don't ever do work. Like I would just <laughs> kind of, I would stare at the screen. Yeah. I would maybe listen or, or watch things that I had made because I'm like a video editor and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, would, I would look at them, but I wouldn't necessarily make any amendments to a project or make any changes. I would just sort of listen and go, okay. And then, yeah, you know, get distracted and not actually work work yeah i've been trying to uh identify the moment in in the night where i'm no longer being productive like that where i've kind of lost my focus Mm -hmm. that kind of just messes you up too if you staying up all night and not getting much daylight feels weird after a while you you need social interaction like you know when i was younger it's very easy if it's it's just your buddies that you see and your parents every once in a while do um to sort of cut off from them and and uh, and go in your own little world, but it it can it can get weird pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. And then I find it. Then it becomes less creative. Like there's that point. There's that sweet spot, and it's so hard. And I guess that's like the the issue with all artists is um, is that balance of because I find if I know somebody who's like so productive that I'm jealous of, but then I'm not always jealous of the output that they do. You know, as I find like when people can be so regimented. Uh, with their artistic output the, and when it becomes kind of workmanlike and when it becomes a job sometimes it's like not as cool or like uh, like I don't like the art as much and then when I try and sort of apply rules to myself mm-hmm. I'm trying to make like a video series and stuff like this and when I try and put myself on a schedule I just can't I can't force it and I can't fake it and all I can try and do is is just sort of find that time is just to be like, when is the time? When is the time where I sit in front of the computer and I instantly want to just work? Yeah. And it's uh, it's not easy. Yeah, I've been finding that time, like, first thing in the morning. Yeah? Yeah, really like that, when you got the whole day. Well, there's something really nice about the feeling. Like, I feel like I'm turning into, a, like, a really old man, but, uh, like, waking up in the morning, because I never used to really wake up in the early morning. Now, when I had a kid, that changed, but it was also I wasn't sleeping either. So, like, it's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a whole other thing. But, uh, you know, when I was younger, I mean, waking up before 10 a.m. was a, a big deal if I did that. Yeah. And I had a regular <laughs> job for a while 
uh, at a bank and it uh, it sucked. Like people thought I was an asshole because my my brain just didn't turn on until like after 10 a.m. Yeah. And I would be irritable and then like I just I just wouldn't have the patience for that. Uh, you know, if you work in like a corporate environment where there's like catchphrases and people trying to be all happy in the morning and I would just be like, why why are you faking being happy? Like, what, what's the point of this? Like, let's mm. just not talk to each other until we're, <laughs> our brains are on. Like, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. But but now I'm really appreciating waking up early and just getting through that because um, we all have sort of like a routine. I have a routine where I wake up and yeah. I don't read the newspaper, but I read video game and movie news. Yeah. Which is my newspaper. Uh, is like, that's my routine of uh, reading about uh, video games and stuff. And um, I find if I can get that shit out of the way, then I just feel like the day is so much more because I, I would I would still have the same one hour routine regardless of what time I woke up. I've kind of found also that uh, going to bed at the right hour, like not burning the candle on both ends, I guess, makes it much easier and more enjoyable to be awake earlier. Yeah. <laughs> also helps that I'm doing something that I like and I'm not, you know, waking up to go do something that I hate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's tough, though, because I find I'm only satisfied if I feel that I've accomplished something. And so I can get into, like, sort of a rut where I will not go to bed early out of spite for the fact that I didn't accomplish anything that day. Yeah. So, you know, it'll, it'll get to be, like, you know, 10 or 10.30, and it's like, I mean, I could go to sleep at 10.30 like an old man. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, but I didn't get that thing done. Like, I'm not going to go to bed now, like... I could still be awake for a few more hours and accomplish that thing. And then what I'll end up doing is I'll go on Netflix <laughs> and I'll just flip through the queue and I won't even watch anything. I'll just flip through all the things that I've selected to watch in the future. And I'll do that for two hours and then go like, what the fuck did I stay awake? <laughs> well, tell me about, I think I'll save the new EP for last. There's a track uh, that I liked. So you had, you had sort of a, another EP with short one with like three tracks. Uh, with a sort of a mix of uh, some styles on it, but there was a, I'm talking about uh, Fear or Love. Yeah. And there was a track called Soul Divide, which I really liked. So let's let's listen to Soul Divide and then we'll uh, and then we'll talk about it after. External consolation to be justified Apprehensive, the trepidation The spirit's dissipation when it's not satisfied There's something more than procreation More than consecration that keeps us dignified And something born out of desperation Looking for compensation will make the soul divide Just 
All right, and that was Soul Divide by Chalk Dinosaur off the Fear or Love EP. And I'm back with Chalk Dinosaur, a.k.a. John. And uh, so talk to me about that song, because that was cool. That was a... Um, more of a mix like you had sort of like a synth element and there was still like the sort of the the guitars and stuff uh so so what was the what was that one about that song and also the ep that came after conscious i had started messing around a lot with a lot more with vinyl drum breaks and sequencing sampled vinyl drums that's kind of how that one started with that drum loop and then i i was playing the juno over it kind of just kept adding from from there after um coming up with the two parts the verse and the chorus and then uh the ending was um, actually another keyboard called a virus that did all the crazy vocal chopping sounding stuff well it's a really catchy uh, chorus of that song it's it's a uh, it's a super cool song thank you yeah they're all good like you've got you've got a good uh, ear for for melody i think that's what i really loved about listening to your stuff is it had these sort of retro sounding synth songs but it didn't but it sounded it, the music to me sounds contemporary but it, it had this like sort of flavor of sort of retro in sort of the the, the samples you chose but uh, they all have these nice catchy chorus hooks and uh, and the lyrics are good. I mean, to me, when it comes to lyrics, it's like the only time I really ever have a problem with lyrics is if I n- notice them. You know, sometimes like a song, like a lyric will just stand out. Yeah. And so, so, and, and, and that is the only time where I would be like, oh, that was a bad lyric when I actually was like, oh, I don't know about that. So that's why some bands. Yeah. Some bands get away with it, like Sigur Ross or whatever, when they, they just sing gibberish and uh, you don't know what the words are and then so you can't be taken out of the song by sort of a strange lyric yeah yeah i know what you mean when you go about writing your tracks that you know where where you actually write songs i mean what's what comes first is it the music or like the or do you write them down like poems i mean for soul divide maybe i started with the chorus usually it's like the the words and the melody are what come first and then I usually build around that. In some instances, I've made all the music and then I uh, try and fit lyrics in there and words. But usually the ones that I like the most are the melody is kind of what starts it. Do you ever go into those with uh, lyrics or like sort of ideas for lyrics that you already have in your head that you think like, I'm going to say these words? Sometimes if I've written some lines that I wasn't able to fit or make into anything, sometimes later on if I'm still a couple days or a couple weeks later if I'm still thinking about the same things sometimes those old lyrics will fit perfectly into something that I was you know was making at the moment before you sort of you had some other full albums you know on your band camp because you have quite a bit of stuff so what's what sort of changed it because I noticed like sort of some of the newer releases were all sort of sort of shorter EPs yeah uh, were there like sort of themes in your head that was making it like I want to package these four songs in this thing yeah I kind of just uh, really enjoy doing that like uh, small packets of songs yeah I don't know I don't know why it changed but the first two albums I made were full lengths and then the only full length I've made since then was called Passages a year ago but um, yeah I kind of just like well I like making things of different styles and um, the short EP is like a nice way for me to do that and make a make a few things in a certain style or whatever and and not have to commit to a full 10 track album of something and i can kind of put more focus into the songs that are on it Mm -hmm. uh and release stuff faster which is important to me to feel i don't know kind of motivates me to i don't know releasing something feels good so 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice to keep that kind of consistent. My drive in, in doing anything is always the response. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the more immediate, I mean, I guess that's what the internet's good for, one of the things. Uh, it's just that you can get a more immediate sort of feedback from the stuff you make. And, uh, and that's a good feeling. Like, that's, that's nice. And I, I, I want to, it's, it's nice when you get into the zone where that becomes something that helps you get into a pattern. If, you know, if someone's having difficulty uh, making stuff, I'm always saying this. I'm talking about me. Uh, <laughs> when, when I get, like, in a rut or whatever, it, you know, that, that instant feedback is definitely, like, the energy that propels further progress. Yeah. And, and doing definitely. more things. And so that's the one cool thing about the internet is, like, getting that feedback and then going, like, oh, wow, like, I'm going to fucking get back to work and do some stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of what led to me playing shows again because I, like, in 2008... To 2009 or 2010, I had played a lot of shows with the band, like regular full band stuff. And then I stopped for a while, and then I started posting videos on my Facebook page of, uh, like, studio performances, I guess. Like, me just playing with the keyboards and samplers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the response that those got was really encouraging, and that kind of prompted me to keep going. And then eventually just ended up with me playing shows which i hadn't wasn't planning on what was your function in the in the bands that you were in i've played in a few the one i was referencing just now was chalk dinosaur like chalk dinosaur i had a, a band two of my friends and and my brother and then one of our other friends uh later on so i would play guitar and sing now i'm kind of just uh it's more uh, electronic but kind of a a mix i guess because i'm producing these beats and using this sampler to play beats and stuff and then i'm playing keyboards and guitar and sometimes singing over that it's a bit different but i can do it solo which is interesting because i haven't done that before explain the name to me then what what is chalk dinosaur yes uh (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, right now it doesn't really mean that much to me other than that's what my name is and that's just like at the time when I was trying to think of a name, I had just gone away to college, so I was going through a real nostalgic phase, so I think I wanted to incorporate some kind of youthful imagery into uh, the name, and also mm-hmm. just find a name that I could live with that wasn't taken. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it doesn't have any profound meaning or anything. So let's uh, let's go to then the new EP Conscious, which is great. Uh, talk to me about the track. Well, we'll listen to the track. Don't worry. And I was really super happy too because I, I had messaged you and asked you if you wanted to be on the show. And I, I think that was right before I realized that you had put out a new EP. So I was I was planning on just playing some tracks from Dawn on the show. And then when I saw Conscious came out, and you were sort of you know still going in the same direction that you started with you know with the Dawn EP. I really, really dug this EP, and it sounds great. And we're going to listen to a track called Don't Worry by Chalk Dinosaur. Thank you. 
And that was Don't Worry by Chalk Dinosaur. And I am still joined by Chalk Dinosaur. John O'Halloran, who just made a strange sound. <laughs> Are you stretching or what? I'm good. <laughs> so this song that we just heard is awesome. And I love the intro to this one. Like, uh, the second I heard this EP, I loved this fucking song. Like, just the beginning of it. Awesome, thanks. I, I like the whole thing. I, sorry, I, I like to just pick specific things to, to reference but the whole track is good but it's such a i'm trying to come up with words that don't sound too fruity or whatever but uh, just the just the opening is just it's very uh it's it's very nice <laughs> <laughs> I, I landed on nice probably the softest <laughs> weakest word but um yeah it just sounds so cool and then when it, the way that you have the vocals come in uh of the mic because my two favorite songs on the album they're vocal tracks, but they're not necessarily like um, uh, lyric heavy. They sort yeah. of re- rely on the repetition of you know like uh, some key words, and uh, so this one sort of started out where there's sort of like these kind of words sort of come in, and it's got sort of like a dreamlike, almost fantasy quality to it. Uh, this song in particular, that opening, because I'm just picturing like some sort of like magical forest, and then this uh, this 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 big bass line just comes in, like and it like it. I don't know. There's some, it's a cool song, man. Thanks. That's cool that you like the beginning because that that sound that uh, like melody kind of that first thing mm-hmm. was um, made on. I, I got a uh, this like really small toy uh casio keyboard at a thrift store which was pretty sweet that um it turned into something it was one of the old crappy keyboards that was still sweet not like a crappy keyboard that's crappy (laughs) it it turned out to be turned out to be really cool and that prompted the whole the whole song just that for you know the initial melody chord thing right 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 and then i think for the vocals on that one i was using a talk box uh, with my Moog synthesizer. Yeah. <laughs> I love the gangster voice you go into. That's what it sounds like to me. Is that what it's supposed to be? Synthesizer. <laughs> well, it's definitely like I, I like I love the atmosphere of this one. I mean, obviously, because you're playing sort of a sample also of like outdoor sort of ambience and stuff. But it really that track in particular sort of puts me in a place. Like I feel like it exists in a place in space. You know? That's awesome. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a fucking cool song. So tell me uh, when you're not fucking doing music. I think we were talking before we we started recording here. But you said you like doing like woodworking and stuff. So what? Uh... I mean, a lot of that is just like my the room that I record in. I uh, made a lot of stuff, mostly like for sound absorbing sound panels and like a rack shelf thing and uh, just like studio furniture to kind of make things more efficient in here. And I enjoy doing that and having like a recording space is a good reason to do it. For soundproofing stuff, because you're saying like you, you made like the, the, the panels. Yeah. So do you, was that just stuff you were like looking at tutorials for? Like what, what were the sort of materials you were using to do those homemade? Because I've seen like the ones you can buy, you know, pre-done. And I always thought, because I'm always recording in different rooms and like this show is very, uh, it's always dependent on whatever the hell room I'm in to mm-hmm. <laughs> how it's going to sound, you know, uh, my voice. Um, but it's like, how do you go about uh, making one of those things? Did, did some research online and, uh, what I did was used this stuff called Rockwool, this sound insulation stuff that you could get at the hardware store. It's supposed to, I don't know, it's the, yeah, it's like insulation, but it's specifically for acoustics. And then I put it in a, uh, it's like a four foot by 
16 inch rectangular panel is what it comes in and there's uh, then I put it in um, just like a frame just a wooden frame and then cover it with fabric um, and they're supposed to be like there's people that have done all kinds of testing and stuff on these versus you know like the, this a very similar kind of panel that's you would buy which is usually made of like um, fiberglass I guess rigid fiberglass Owens Corning 703 <laughs> to be exact but this Rockwell stuff is supposed to be comparable in performance according to some internet sources mm, scientists yeah but I mean it, it was really cheap compared to buying a panel like that a manufactured panel like have you noticed a difference yeah definitely especially with I made these corner base traps like the room that I'm in now is uh, real boomy like kind of muddy sounding and when I added the corner base traps which is just like a big triangle full of that insulation stuff in the corners definitely helped I wish I understood any of this like I I want to understand I'm not saying that as in like stop talking I mean like I I need to understand more of this stuff I think like it's it's very useful information yeah but it's like I don't I don't get it like uh, so I mean you can literally the way sound and sound vibrations work I mean like do you position do you change then the position of where you record say like live guitar or like your vocals based on where that soundproofing panel is yeah like you do you try and position it so it's behind you or behind the mic or do you put them all over the place yeah definitely there's certain areas parts of the room that are like deader or better for i don't know usually i'll just like if, if you walk around a room and clap you can hear a ringing or like a zingy sound or like a pingy like so some sustaining sound from like the the clap bouncing around so usually just find the spot in the room you like where my computer is is the most is the, is the best it's just for mixing because when you when i'm playing music out of my speakers and the room itself is reverberating it makes it hard to tell what's actually in the recording and what's what you're hearing that's a result of the room right putting headphones on is you know eliminates that but it's still you know nice to mix out of speakers because i mean i have noticed like a nice clean sound and a clean mix from your music so how how long do you spend i mean is it just that the 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 quality of the sound going in because because i mean i listen to a lot of um you know synth uh, electronic music obviously that's the point of the show and some people you know who are skilled in in composition and stuff but not always strong mastering guys and so some songs can sound kind of muddy or not as bright as they could yeah so how much time do you spend mixing and is that something that you've focused you know like research and time on or like yeah definitely a lot of time and research and trial and error because when i listen to daft punk or air their sounds like the mixes are so clean and everything sounds so nice. That's like what I aspire to. Kind of like as much mixing as it is the composition, like writing the piece so that parts are, you know, there's not too many parts or like there's not too many parts occupying the same spot or like vying for your attention, mm-hmm. like kind of having enough space. Yeah, I don't know. I think just because I like clean sounding recordings, that's kind of just, I'm a clean guy. I'm a clean guy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of clean-sounding recordings, let's listen to, uh, I think, my favorite track on the on the EP. I don't know, it's, it's sort of a toss-up, actually, but I think it's between Don't Worry and the track we're about to listen to, 
which is uh, In My Head, In My Hands, which I really dig this one, especially like when the vocals come in at like about the two minute mark. Oh, nice. is my favorite part of the song and then it kind of has like this breakdown at the end so like the song sort of has a whole bunch of different parts but like my favorite zone is just the it does the quiet part where it sort of leads into the vocal bit mm-hmm. and then when the vocals kick in like uh, i'm a big fan so let's listen to that and this is uh, this is in my head in my hands by chalk dinosaur
In My Head, In My Hands by Chalk Dinosaur, and I am back chatting with John O'Halloran, a.k.a. Chalk Dinosaur. And that was a cool song, so <laughs> tell me about it. I think that that one... Have you ever um, listened to Todd Terje? T-E-R-J-E. Terje, I think. I'm not sure the pronunciation, but he's got a couple tracks that kind of have a retro synth... It's like very synth-heavy music, and it's some of them have like a similar kind of throwback sound, and that's kind of what inspired the beginning of this one. And I, I just started with like just that arpeggiated bass thing, and just built from there. I'm not sure how it got into the like once it hits the singing part. That kind of I, I'm not sure what prompted that, but uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I can. <laughs> I think that's all I have to say about that. I think. What is, uh, what's the mean? I mean, there's really not that many lyrics, but... Um, let me think here, what I was thinking about. Were you just coming up with something that sounded nicer? Well, that, and also thinking about, I guess, taking responsibility for your life, I guess. Sometimes I'll be looking out, you know, outside for things, but really I, it's, like, up to me to, to understand it or to do it or to... Like it's just comes down to doing it, uh, figuring something out on your, you know, by yourself. Not, yeah. I guess that's that's what I was thinking when I was uh, writing those. Well, it's a cool track, man. Thanks. I liked I liked the way the vocals came in, the way they sounded, and sort of like the overlapping, kind of echoey and stuff. Like it's a, it's a cool thing, dude. Thank you. Anyway, man, we can probably fucking uh, start wrapping this thing up. There, you you happy about it? Yeah. So far, I mean, there's a couple times where I kind of sound a little dumb but (laughs) (laughs) don't worry i edit the show okay predominantly everybody i talk to on the show is all like kind of dudes in their early 30s like that's the thing and we all sort of say like without realizing it yeah like like is a huge one uh i mean to the point where now like i recognize the uh waveform (laughs) so like when i when i'm editing a podcast like i can see um just by the shape of yeah just a little blob yeah it is a it's like a little bump it's like a little mountain and uh funny like, as much as I use like, I also use just the fuck. It's just a word that is a it yeah you know, yeah. It just gets thrown into the sentences. It's not even meant as a swear or to be offensive. But that's the problem, man. Because if you swear too liberally, then you have to start upgrading to the uh, to the bad words. Yeah. In order to feel satisfied, which is what I've done, unfortunately. Yeah, you gotta get the get your impact somehow. I know it's tough. There is a desensitization process to too much swearing because now if I ever stub my toe, it's uh, <laughs> it's straight to the c word because the, <laughs> the the f word just doesn't cut it anymore. Uh, that's so funny for everyone around. I used to be one of those dudes who was just like, "Oh, that's such a harsh word. That's a terrible word. I've never used." Now it's the only thing that satisfies me if I hurt myself. <laughs> wow, what are you gonna do when that gets when that gets played out? I don't know. Gonna have to make make something up. Well, the nice thing is it's still pretty much like a taboo word, at least in North America. Yeah. So it still has the impact it needs. Because meanwhile, like, cause I have dudes from, you know, like England on the show. They, they just throw it around very liberally, and it sounds a lot funnier coming from them. <laughs> Anyways, man, well, it was, good to, it was good chatting with you. It was good meeting you. I look forward to more Chalk Dinosaur. Yeah, thanks for listening. No problem, dude. Thanks for chatting. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm a huge fan of really awkward goodbyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at them. <laughs> My whole life is just fucking littered with them, so now I, I've come to the point where I just enjoy them a lot. <laughs>
that's a good approach. Whenever you get some more tunes or something, you got to come back and chat about it. Yeah, thanks. I'd love to. And that was Chalk Dinosaur. We had a lot of fun. He's got some cool tracks. Check him out. Nothing's changed since the last time I mentioned this, but all the links are on the SoundCloud page, so you have full access to all the awesome music. And speaking of music, here's a track by a fellow who goes by Takahashi Jones, and this is a track called Interstellar Funk.
And that was Interstellar Funk by Takahashi Jones. That's a fun song. It reminds me of uh, being in space. So if you want to let me know in the comments section, uh, let me know if there's any arcade games you recommend that I play. And I'll uh, try and check them out. I don't know when I'm going to start that segment exactly, and I may do it with a guest. have like a little guest segment where someone will come on and then we'll chat about it. But, uh, you know, do that. That'd be cool. Also, if you guys out there, listeners to the show, have $355 you can send me, I'd really like to pay the administrative endorsement and governmental clearance order so I can get my $7.5 million. Listen, we all win. If someone can send me that $355, once I get the million dollars, I'll pay you back. That is a Beyond Synth guarantee. I tell you what, I think I'm going to watch Deadpool this weekend. Looks like fun. You know, normally I record these shows weeks in advance, as you guys well know. But today is sort of an emergency episode because, um, not to pull the curtain back too far on how this this show is made, but uh, since, you know, the interviews are very conversational and it's not really an interview as much as it is just like kind of chatting... I always let the guests hear the interview before I post the show. You see, it's only fair. In conversation, sometimes you say some things that maybe you listen to later and go like, ugh, cut that out. So I actually had a different episode planned for today, but the guest hasn't had an opportunity to listen to the show yet. So then I'm like, oh, shit. And then uh, so so John uh, listened to his show, and I was like, oh, thank Christ. But then now I had to put together a show on very, very short notice because the other episode was a very long interview with a, a returning guest that people like. So I uh, so now I got to fill some space, and this is sort of unusual. I'm actually making this show the day it has to air, which is usually not the way that I do it. So I'm really going like, oh crap, you know, I gotta I gotta get this done. So I'm scrambling around, looking all over the place, trying to think of shit to talk about because I didn't plan on filling this much time. So how about you know what? What am I talking about? I'm going to do it the easy way. Let's listen to some music. Here's a chap by the name of Surgery Head from the album Lords of the Video Wastelands, the track called Bike Fist. He's sort of more in the, uh, you know, the music like Ghost and, and those kind of guys. Uh, so hope you dig it. This is Bike Fist by Surgery Head.
And that was Surgery Head with Bike Fist. So that's a nice little sweet track, you know. <laughs> it all has its place, man. If you're ever angry and you run around just like punching trees and stuff, that's the that's the music to listen to. Because that's a thing I've just invented that people do. They run around and punch trees. To relieve stress. Life can be very stressful sometimes. Which is what... <laughs> Can that be the way I say sometimes from now on? (laughs) Life can be stressful sometimes. I'm sort of talking a lot closer to the mic than I normally do, and I can hear it going back through my ears, so it... (laughs) That's why it makes it sound funnier to me when my head just... Welcome to the show. I hope you like Synthwave. I'm coming off of a cold, and unfortunately it's gone. Because um, once a year, usually, I get a cold that uh, screws up my throat. But it, it makes my voice deep enough that I, that I can really do uh, a good impression of the announcer from Transformers. We now return to the Transformers. But it, it sounds so much better when I have a cold because I don't smoke. And obviously that dude probably smoked like 10 packs a day. He was probably like 10 when he recorded it, but he just like smoked so much. And that dude's voice is awesome. And, uh, and it's fun to impersonate. You know what else is fun? Is listening to Star Force. So here's a track by Star Force called, I'm going to say Battle of Sharon. It's spelled C-H-A-R-O-N. Charon? Charon. Battle of Charon. What is Charon? Hold on. You know what? I'm going to do some online research right now. Because maybe I'm going to find out that uh, Charon is like a planet or something, and then they'll tell me how to... Ah, here we go! Pluto's big moon! All right, so let's see how they pronounce it. Not to be confused with 2060 Chiron. What is that? 2060 Chiron, also known as 95P slash Chiron, is a minor planet in the outer solar system orbiting between Saturn and Uranus. Why would I confuse it with that? They're different words. All right, let's see here. There is a minor debate. Oh, okay, here we go. There is a minor debate over the preferred pronunciation of the name. The practice of following the classical pronunciation established for mythological ferryman, Karen is used by major English-language dictionaries, such as Merriam-Webster and Oxford English Dictionary. These indicate only one pronunciation of Karen when referring specifically to Pluto's moon, with an initial K sound. Speakers of many languages other than English, and many English-speaking astronomers as well, follow this pronunciation. However, Christie himself... Who's Christie? Christie himself pronounces it as sh after his wife Charlene. Because of this, an acknowledgement of Christie and sometimes as an in-joke, the initial sh pronunciation is common among astronomers when speaking English, and this is the prescribed pronunciation at NASA. <laughs> All right, well, after reading that, we've just <laughs> we've established that there is no right way to say this. So I'm going to say it, I guess, the way that the guy who coined the name, some dude called Christie, he pronounces it Sharon. So I'm going to pronounce it Sharon. So this is the Battle of Sharon by Star Force.
And that was the Battle of Sharon by Starforce. That's off a cool um, compilation called Pluto, a synth odyssey. And there's lots of cool stuff there. I'll probably play more tracks from that um, album because it's uh, it's neat. And just to get back uh, for a second on the arcade games thing, I also discovered this thing called Open Boar, which is uh, this thing called Beats of Rage, which was some people put together sort of uh, like a um, build-your-own-brawler kind of uh, application. So you know how there's things like uh, Game Designer and uh, MuGen, which uh, allows people like MuGen, you can make your own fighting games and stuff like that. So this is essentially like that except for brawling games and beat-em-ups. And I guess there's a whole bunch of really good games for that as well, and I'll probably play those too. There's also even a really good remake of, of Streets of Rage that some fans put together, which is it's sort of like they take kind of the best of all the Streets of Rage games and put it into one game with like remixed music and stuff like that. And um, as of recording this, I think they're on version 5 of that, and it's called Streets of Rage Remake, and it's pretty cool. I played a bit of it. It's very much Streets of Rage 2, sort of. Like, that's, I think, where... I mean, all fans of Streets of Rage usually point to 2 as being the best. Although, I will say, I do have a very soft spot for Streets of Rage 1. Only because I remember playing it as a kid, and I really dug the soundtrack. We've talked about this on the show before. So my point is that when I go back and review old arcade games, I might also check out some uh, some open bore games as well. Um, I don't know if you say open bore or open B-O-R, because it does stand for Beats of Rage, but seeing as like Mugen, you just say Mugen. I don't like saying that. Anytime things have the U sound in them, <laughs> it's just hard to say and take seriously. Mugen. Mew. And there, there's like a Pokemon called Mewtwo. And I only know that because of Smash Brothers. Because I actually know so little about Pokemon. But when you play Smash Brothers, there's like Pikachu and some other ones. They all have like this ooh sound. I just can't take things seriously when there's an ooh sound. There's all these like shitty characters from like the Star Wars prequels too that all have ooh sounds in their name. Count Dooku and Master Plothu and... Whenever people crash, they go poo-doo and uh, fuck those fucking movies. Oh, my God. All right. Listen. (laughs) Oh, guys, I need a few weeks to prepare these shows. I feel like when there's like this stress of having to get one finished, I'm just losing it. Look, we can probably wrap the show up. It's been a lot of fun today. I'm glad you guys tuned in. I like, you know what? Leave lots of comments. If you're listening on SoundCloud, uh, leave comments there. It's fun to read those. Like, I'll respond to them. It's nice just to see that activity. You know, I like to see that people are sort of uh, paying attention. And it makes me feel good because I am empty inside. And the only way to fill that void is by likes on Facebook. And, um, oh, you know, we passed a milestone the other day. Did I tell you this? Beyond Synth has been listened to over 100,000 times. That's pretty cool. Don't know what I'm going to do with that information. Doesn't serve me at all. I don't make any money. I don't... (laughs) I got to get, like, an endorsement. Because I was going to do this arcade game thing, and I got back into the arcade games. I, like, (laughs) I wrote a letter to a company that makes arcade sticks, and I was like, hey, you should sponsor the show. (laughs) Send me some free shit. (laughs) I actually did that. All right? No shame. I'm so busy doing all these other things that sometimes there's these things that slip through the cracks that are like, you think I'd be filled with shame for doing that, but ultimately I just don't care. Anyways, listen, next week is the 50th episode. Please tune in. It's going to be very special, and uh, we're going to have 
people sending in audio questions for the very special 50th episode mailbag. There's going to be a clip show of my favorite clips from season one of Beyond Synth. I'm going to be joined by one of my favorite guests, and we are just going to have a fun time and celebrate the 50th episode of Beyond Synth. Until then, here is a track by Vincenzo Salvia, my favorite Italian synthwave artist from his EP Atlantis. This is Over the Pillars, and I will talk to you all next week on Beyond Synth. Beyond Synth.